This episode is brought to you by ProMensal. Whilst there are hormonal challenges that are presented, they can lead to a really new understanding of how your sexual self is. Um, and for some, that change in libido can open up a lot of avenues for self-knowledge, exploration, and just lots more pleasure as well. Welcome to Thriving in Menopause, brought to you by Prevention Magazine. I'm Zoe Mernier, the editor of Prevention. Thank you for joining me for Episode 6 of Season 8. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about how our sex lives and sexuality can be impacted by perimenopause, from loss of libido to body image issues to those more physical symptoms that can make sex a real challenge. To discuss this further, I'm happy to announce that we are joined by a very special guest, Chantelle Otten, who is a psychosexologist, scientist and sex and relationship expert. Thanks so much for joining us, Chantelle. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, Chantel, so let's talk about some of the reasons our libido takes a dive during menopause. Sure. I mean, primarily this is due to hormonal reasons. We know that in menopause we have a drop in estrogen and progesterone and they play a really crucial role in maintaining sexual health. Um Estrogen in particular, that is the hormone that is really in charge of vaginal lubrication, blood flow to the genitals, maintaining the health of vaginal tissue as well. And with that decrease, and there might be some vaginal dryness, some discomfort during intercourse, um, decreased blood flow, which can lead to a decreased um, orgasmic potential, but also, you know, where if we're having all of these concerns, it's it's not like vaginal dryness is something that makes us want to have sex, right? Yeah. It's something that makes us go, oh, like actually I feel very uncomfortable. It might be painful. Um, we also have that dive in testosterone as well. Um, people often associate testosterone as a male drug, but it's also a drug that is for every gender and it is very important for uh, libido, um, but it does decrease during menopause. There are also really... You know, so many other changes. There are physical changes. Um, you know, there's weight gain, there's hair loss, there's facial hair, there's self-image issues, self-confidence, there's emotional and psychological factors, anxiety, depression, self-esteem, sleep disturbances, there's hot flushes, you know, and it might also coincide with other health issues at the same time. So that in itself can be a very big buzzkill from a sex drive perspective, but there's also um, changes from a relational perspective as well. Sometimes as, as uh, you know, partners are usually around the same age, they might be going through their own health issues or there might be some um, changes in sex interests there. Um, they're also because of these major changes that are going on in your life that can cause a little bit of friction as well in the relationship too, especially if there's a lack of understanding. Indeed. I mean, <laughs> when you put it like that, it almost sounds kind of insurmountable. So if someone is faced with multiple issues that, you know, that have no libido and they have some other physical symptoms, what, what, what would be a great starting point if they were trying to get, you know, get their sex lives back on track? I think that it's important to first and foremost make sure that you're seeing a health professional that really is there to work with you from an individualized perspective and has a very good thorough understanding of your personal life um, and also I guess your personal interests and feelings um, I think it's important to emotionally 
um, be open as well to these changes um, and then also discuss them openly, you know, with with your friends that have also gone through the same thing or might go through the same thing, with your partner about your feelings, your preferences, any discomforts. Um, you know, try, try and find an understanding in each other's needs and find a way to, like, maintain intimacy. Um, I think that there has to be some lifestyle adjustments as well. So um, a healthy lifestyle that includes regular exercise, a balanced diet and adequate sleep. I would lean towards the Mediterranean diet, but definitely like eat things that make you happy, bring pleasure into your life. You know, don't be restrictive with yourself. Don't, don't punish yourself if you're, I mean, I feel sometimes really sad when I see uh, people who are going through menopause in their 50s and they're you know struggling with the weight gain and they're also struggling with all these other changes and they're like I have to lose weight so they're restricting their diets they're being very hard on themselves and I just say just buy some bigger clothes that make you feel good <laughs> you know yeah. we go through changes in our lives and we have to expect that menopause is a beautiful part of life as well yes it has all of these grievances things like that can be also um, mediated with hormone replacement therapy naturopathy etc as long as there's no contraindications of breast and ovarian cancer again speak to your healthcare professional about that but there is some uh really great guidance out there on how to manage symptoms and treatments that can help um, i also think making sure that you are getting enough sleep. Um, if you're having vaginal dryness, using moisturizers and lubricants, a silicon lubricant is fine to just pop down there um, every morning or some um, oil. It can be, you know, uh, olive oil, etc., just to get some lubrication so you're not uncomfortable. Um, usually that is a little bit cheaper than buying the individual moisturizers or lubricants that you can get from the pharmacy. Mm. Um, I think exploring sexuality and broadening your definition of what sex actually is, so moving away from this penetrative sex um, ideal is helpful, um, especially because penetrative sex is not, you know, available to everyone. It's, you know, not there in same-sex couples a lot of the time. It's not there for people with different abilities or people with erectile dysfunction or vaginismus, which is like... It sounds like Christmas of the vagina, but it's not. It's like the opposite. It's like painful sex mm. um, that's categorized by burning, stinging, razor blade-like sensations when a finger or a tampon or a penis um, or a dildo goes into the vagina. So mm. this happens a lot during menopause as well. Um, I think also, you know, seeing a pelvic floor physio might be a great idea so that there's... Um, uh, a tailored approach to your pelvic floor, especially if there's any bladder leakage or incontinence during this time, making sure that you're reading books, attending workshops, reading books that are positive as well. There's a great book called Sex After 60. There's a similar one, I think, as well, or Sex After 50, like the French Woman's Guide. I read that years ago. It's very, very good. And they had very, um, like, well-written and valuable insights and strategies for maintaining a healthy sex life um, during menopause. And then also look at alternative treatments, you know, do acupuncture, herbal supplements and alternative therapies um, if it is available to you and within your reach because these things are not woo-woo. They, they are definitely there to help you along with your journey. We'll be right back after this. Perimenopause can actually start in your 40s. 
Declining estrogen production during perimenopause brings on changes to menstrual cycles and often the onset of hot flushes, night sweats, mood swings and sexual problems. Promensal Peri is specifically designed for perimenopausal women and can help relieve these common menopausal symptoms. Promensal Peri is available at leading pharmacies across Australia and offers a cost-effective treatment at under $1 a day. When things start to change, try Promensal Peri. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Okay, we're back. Another one a lot of perimenopausal women are grappling with is um, one that we discussed on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, and that's heavy menstrual periods. And, you know, I know um, women can experience anything from heavy periods to longer periods to irregular periods. Um, Now, I was actually at a function with you a couple of weeks ago for Hello Period Reusable Period Products. (laughs) And I remember you talking about how beneficial it can actually be to have sex during your period. Yeah, I mean... Period sex is really beautiful. I think that we have been taught to be ashamed of our periods. I think that we've been taught to hide them a lot. Um, But there are definitely like available options out there to have really satisfying period sex. You can free bleed. That's absolutely fine um, if you would like. But, you know, always communicate with your partner about your comfort levels and preferences regarding period sex so that there is mutual consent and understanding. We never want to bully someone into doing something that they're not comfortable with. But I think education is key here and I think that that event that we had um, a few weeks ago was really wonderful, speaking about the benefits of period sex and also talking about um, how we can do it in terms of preparation, in terms of using maybe towels or having uh, play in the shower or using um, outer course as the main kind of um, meal of sex and so not having intercourse you know menstrual blood can act as a natural lubricant they also have amazing products at hello period the um, hello disc is my favorite you can actually have penetrative sex with this disc in it's kind of like a very soft um it's like a taco i would say with a kind <laughs> of more solid rim so it slips in and it goes just under the cervix so it catches all of your um uh, menstrual blood and it can hold up to five tampons worth which is a lot um, and so you can leave it in all day and you can have sex with it in as well um, it's very hard to feel from the person who is getting penetrated but also the person who is penetrating they don't really feel the disc in there so that you do have that comfort um, it is uh, period sex and having uh, an orgasm is a natural Um, pain relief it's a natural analgesic and can help alleviate your symptoms and also release endorphins during orgasm Um, I also think that it's really important to think about your cycle and really understanding your menstrual cycle um, and using it to your advantage especially when it comes to um, how it can affect your mood um, your libido Uh, Some people have an increased desire during their period while others might not. It's individualized. And then, of course, making sure that you are prioritizing your own personal comfort and well-being as well because if period sex is something that you do enjoy, embracing it can be a really healthy part of a sexual relationship. Indeed. One thing, another thing that's great about the disc is you can use it if you have an IUD, um, although I should 
I should mm. point out that it isn't it isn't a, co- a form of contraception. So one thing to keep in mind. On that subject, no. um, from a practical perspective, um, what do we need to consider when it comes to contraceptives during perimenopause? I mean, how and menopause? Like, how long do we need to keep considering contraceptives through that through that journey? Oh, it's such an interesting one, isn't it? Because I don't think that there's enough education out there around this. Um, and I think that we probably forget about it, especially mm. with like the um, with the changes that do happen with perimenopause as well. But contraception during perimenopause is a really important consideration because pregnancy can still occur until um, that individual has reached menopause, which is defined as 12 consecutive months without a menstrual period. So you have to have no menstrual period at all for 12 months and then you are considered to be in menopause. Um, so there is a continued need for contraception and, and definitely speaking to your healthcare provider is very important, especially if you want to avoid pregnancy. Fertility does decline with age, but until menopause is actually confirmed, the possibility of uh, becoming pregnant does actually remain as well. So there are there are a lot of um, uh, options out there. There are hormonal contraceptives, there are pills, patches, vaginal rings, IUDs as well. Um, And some of these uh, hormonal contraceptives can also regulate menstrual cycles and reduce perimenopausal symptoms like hot flashes um, alongside providing contraception. But there are also things like condoms, copper IUDs as well. Um, And there are a lot of benefits I guess, of using hormones beyond contraception as long as it's for the right person. Um, Again, speaking to your doctor, gynecologist or endocrinologist is the best option in my opinion. We'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back. And also, just when it, going back to having these these conversations with our with our partners, especially if perhaps someone has a new partner that um, you know they're they're just getting to know. What are some sort of strategies for how to bring up these conversations um, about some of the things that we're experiencing um, when we're wanting to get intimate with someone? Oh, <laughs> it's a good one. You have to practice with yourself first. I think you know mm. you have to really think about. Um, am I first and foremost comfortable discussing these topics? Do I have enough education on them? Am I going in blind? Um, and then think about your partner and the best time and place to talk to them. If it's a new partner, actually, I think that can be a little bit easier sometimes because you can be a bit more open. They want to please you, of course. Usually they're really excited about um, the relationship too. So just saying like, I'm going through a few things at the moment um, and I, you know, I have to be honest that I feel very vulnerable talking about this. Um, but this is how menopause and perimenopause is affecting me physically, emotionally, sexually. Um, and I'd love to work through this with you because I want to have fun but also honour my um, my own feelings and what is happening in my body. And I, I want to be able to not block you out but invite you in as well. So um, educating your partner about menopause is really important. Um, explain the changes that you're experiencing Talk about hot flashes, mood swings, vaginal dryness and how they might be affecting your relationship. Um, Encourage them to discuss this openly and positively as well. I think that we still have to remember that a lot of people haven't had positive um, education around this. And I don't know, I feel like sad because 
you know, in the past, a lot of people have been like, oh, she's on her period, so that's why she's moody. Oh, she's going through menopause, just ignore it. Like Mm. at the end of the day, a lot of people suffer during this time and I think we need to be very empathetic, understanding, come from a place of kindness um, when we do talk about these things. And if you notice that you're first and foremost um, uh, speaking in a way that maybe is highlighting some internal biases, you need to definitely think about that. But also if you're noticing that they're speaking in a way that might not be cohesive with what you want to be achieving together, then you probably have to talk about that as well, not in a combative way, but again, Mm. in an empathetic way and just say, I would love to you know, talk through this in a positive way. Um, And then, you know, also you have to address uh, contraception and STIs because even during and after menopause, you have to discuss protection against STIs. You have to discuss whether you are still um, fertile as well, especially if you haven't been categorised as menopausal. Um, Encourage questions. If you don't have the answers, you can talk to a healthcare professional or someone like myself about Mm -hmm. it. That's why I am here to help you. Um, And I would suggest mainly just reinforcing continued dialogue and also emotional connection. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, this is a bit of a loaded question, I guess, but what can we do if we just really have no interest in sex anymore? We just think, well, you know, I have no libido, no desire. Um, it's all too hard. I've got these things going on. Does it matter? Can we be sort of happy and fulfilled without, you know, engaging in sex? <laughs> yeah, I think it really depends on your personal needs and values, you know, Think about how important sexual intimacy is to you and your partner. You know, intimacy is one thing. Sex is another thing. Sex might be a really crucial part of a relationship for some people, while others might place, I guess, higher value on, like, emotional or intellectual compatibility um, or fun or excitement or adventure. Think about why you're in that relationship and what your values are and whether there are options for you as a couple as well. You know, we live in a very open world where there are many things out there that can help us. It can be sex toys. We, c- we can look at them as like an extension of our sexual selves. They are our companions in the bedroom. They're not there to replace anyone. They're just there to bring on the good vibes and to, to help the experience. Um, think about other forms of intimacy. It can be nurtured through affectionate touch, through deep conversation, shared interests, quality time together. Um, and I think exploring those avenues can really strengthen a relationship, especially when there is a lack of sexual interest or when you're going through major life changes. Mm. Um, I think seeing a sexologist, if you're a bit unsure and if you feel like you are stuck or if it's causing a little bit of friction, it's important. Um, you know, and, and we can provide insights and strategies for ma- managing those changes in sexual desire, but also working with your healthcare providers or helping you find a good multidisciplinary team to help you as well. Um, and I think also just like adjust your expectations, you know, maybe sex isn't important to you anymore, but maybe it's still going to be important to your partner. How are you going to navigate that together? Because um, at the end of the day, we have long lives to live. We're living longer and longer and longer. You know, if we go through menopause and we decide sex is not within our interest range at age, age 50, but our partners might be still feeling it, we probably need to come up with some strategies there on how to, mm. 
I guess, find sexual activity that is beneficial, whether it be with us or in other means as well. And, and really just like think about personal exploration of what sexuality actually means to you and the relationship as well. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, enough of the doom and gloom. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the positive aspects to our sexuality um, that menopause and or post-menopause can bring. Mm. I think it brings the ability to think outside the box. I think that a lot of the time we have a very prescriptive way of viewing sex before menopause. Um, it is changing, of course, now that we are um, hearing more and more about sex, but I think that we can look at menopause and the freedom that it brings from pregnancy concerns. So mm. there's, you know, once you are in menopause, there isn't a need for contraception, which can bring a sense of freedom and spontaneity to sexual desire and activity. There is an increase in the self-knowledge that you can learn. You know, a lot of people learn more about their bodies, their desires, and what brings them pleasure um, that allows them for more fulfilling experiences after menopause. Um, a lot of the time people are doing a lot more research into this as well. I think that when you are reaching menopause, you're also hopefully a bit more emotionally mature and confident <laughs> as well. Um, of course, you can go through little deeps where you're not feeling as good, but uh, I definitely think that that confidence in yourself and, and what you can do rather than what you can't do can really enhance intimacy and connection um, and it can be, it can make you more able to communicate your needs and preferences um, and I think you can, you know, probably look at the fact that hopefully your kids might be growing up and out of the house by that stage as well. <laughs> so, um, you know, you might have more privacy, more opportunities for intimacy. You can focus on quality over quantity, having more meaningful and satisfying experiences rather than more and more and more. Yeah. Um, and then look at, you know, different types of touch, massage, non-penetrative play, other forms of emotional or physical intimacy as well and really think about, you know, maybe I can learn something new, maybe I can learn about um, tantric massage or maybe we can get a vibrator, a box of vibrators and really look at exploring them, having a bit of a laugh as well. I think we just need to laugh. Like if we don't laugh, sometimes we'll cry. <laughs> Why don't we just laugh about these things that are so like... Uh, we don't choose them, you know, yeah. we don't get a choice in the way that our bodies age. And so we might as well embrace it and enjoy it as well. Um, I also think we have to think about the fact that we don't have menstrual discomfort every month. Mm. You know, there's no inconveniences that are associated with periods. This is a huge relief for a lot of people who um, go through endometriosis, for example, or have other gynecological concerns. A lot of them have wanted to... Um, have maybe like their ovaries removed prematurely because of their discomfort every month. Um, and whilst there are hormonal challenges that are presented, they can lead to a really new understanding of how your sexual self is. Um, and for some, that change in libido can, you know, open up a lot of avenues for self-knowledge, exploration and just lots more pleasure as well. It, I think that menopause can be a really good time of personal growth and re-evaluation of your life, your relationships, and how we can look at them in a very positive way. 
Fantastic. Oh, such great advice there. Chantelle, thank you so much for joining us today. The, yeah, there's just so much great information there for us to digest and to know that there's a lot of different different help that is available to us and, and courses of action. Thank you so much for having me. Listeners, thank you for joining us as well. If you liked this episode, we'd love you to rate, review and subscribe. And we hope you'll join us for our next series. Meanwhile, for more information about living your best life at midlife, pick up a copy of Prevention Magazine. I'm Zoe Mernier. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>